of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. ago, before the beginning of the beginning, there were no physical objects, and yet there was reality. Because God existed, and He existed in His realm. So we are going to explore the realms as we look into the things that God has done leading up to a special night that we celebrate this evening, and we are going to take a look at what he has done that is so remarkable. Imagine non-physical reality. We have sung songs tonight about angels. We have sung about angels from the realms of glory, and yet the reality is for most human beings on this planet, even those who believe in this reality of a living God, it tends to go back to a belief in what I see, what I can touch, what I can smell, unless you have COVID. And it's all about the things around us in the physical realm. Before the beginning, before physical, there was a spiritual reality, an eternal reality that exists out there. That place out there is where God decided he wanted to add to his family, to the heavenly host. He wanted more in, in this whole gamut of beings. He is creative, he is relational, and he wanted more. So he decided, I'm going to carve out a little bit of this eternal reality here and shape it into something different, something we haven't done before. Let's do a physical one. So, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's our atmosphere, our universe, our world, our physical reality. And we are told that when he looked at it, when he had created all of that, he said, that is good. No, that's very good. He gave himself an A+. He said, this is the way to do it, and it begins. So here's this reality, a physical reality, in which God has a, a mountaintop garden that he meets with his people, and he's created all kinds of other creatures, and all of this is beautiful and balanced and working as it should. 
It is so amazing. And, and he comes and visits. He comes, it's the place where people could meet with God. God would meet with his people. His family is starting to grow. And he tells them, I want you to multiply because I want a bigger family. I want you to keep going. Add on to this family. Let's have more of this because this is very good. And then the darkness came. The darkness came. It came in the form of a serpent leading the people away from God when they listened to the story given to them. They decided, that's got to be the truth. And we want to be like God. Like We, we would like to have those abilities. And, and why can't we have that? They decided to turn their back on what God had told them. They took uh, things into their own hands. And as a result, there was a division. The division broke the relationship between the human beings and God. So now there's, a, there's this brokenness that in the relationship. And, well, that saddens God because he was after a family, a family that would come together, a family that would thrive together. And now it has divided, and he has also got to send them out. So here they are in this wonderful garden where everything is just going great. And he says, I can't stay here. This is the place where we meet. This is the place for our family. And you have just broken that trust. You've gone your own way. So they're sent out. So now there's division that happens there. There's a uh, additional results of that are destruction. The world begins to crumble. The physical reality is affected by this decision by human beings because they are the crowning uh, event. They are the crowning beings in this physical creation. So that's a, that's, this is a huge thing that has just unfolded. Also, with that destruction comes death. Death is the separation from the body, the spirit, the soul from the body. So the immaterial leaves, the material remains in this physical reality. But death is part of that. But death is also the death of a relationship. It's the brokenness. It's the separation of all of those things that are good and now the whole of humanity is headed in a different direction and God has a heart for that and he he wants them to enjoy something better and he's offering something better there's more involved in this because behind the scenes we have an entity that has entered into this who has decided out of jealousy and pride that they would like to control what's happening with the physical reality. They would like to control what's happening with the human beings. They would like to have the worship that God is receiving a little apparently upset over the, the attention that God is giving to this new family. So we have other beings. These, these other beings exist in that supernatural realm, the, the realm that existed before this one and, and continues on. And so out of that, out of the, the jealousy and the ego that's involved in that, the, there's a additional divisions that are happening. Division am, among the, the, uh, these 
they are supreme beings, superior beings to human beings. Psalm 8 says that humans were made a little less than the gods. So the gods are those other beings that existed out there before all of this began. And now they're entering in, they in they're involved in this world, they're enticing uh, the human beings to, to trip and fall and divide and separate from God because they don't want that going on. They don't want the good going on that God is offering. So there's more. Out of that comes chaos. And in the history of this world, when you go back and look at the, the history of Egypt and the Mesopotamian world or China, or you follow the history back, the issue is how do we control chaos? How do we deal with chaos? How do we get back to something that's balanced, something that is peace, something that, that we can thrive, we can live in, we can encourage, we can build up each other. You know, all it takes is love. There's songs about that. And you bring all of that together. Chaos enters in, and it's the threat. Chaos divides, destroys, and leads to death. So chaos is a huge factor. There are beings whose role it is in the universe and in, in, in this battle that's going on is to bring chaos into relationships, into families. If you try to get together, you get your family together, take a trip in a car, do you have peace or chaos? And how long does it take to get to chaos? And those things are just reality. You try to pull, well, if we just all get along. You can hear that, you know, around this time of year. We can't. There's chaos. Not only can we not do it, but there are also other beings that exist around us who want to destroy us, and they want to drag us down, and they are involved in that as well. So then people are living without the source. So life without the source Without God, the creator, the one who infuses life, who breathes life into human beings, they're now separated from that source. So the, sort, the, the understanding of so what is true joy? What is true love? What, the God who created all those things has a definition for those and understands what they mean. Human beings fill in all of those. And just like Webster, we make up our own definitions. We write that based on our own experience and how we feel about certain things. And so if people measure up to our expectations, then that's love. If they don't, out the door. It meets our expectations. God in heaven is saying, really doesn't matter what your definition is, I have the definition. I will tell you that what you expect out of love is not what love is. There's more to it. It's greater than that. And he provides, this is amazing, he provides us with a source, a way of gaining access to life and to love and to light. He provides that from out there, beyond the physical realm, from this other realm. And it can feed into a human being and provide us with an understanding of love and life and light that is far beyond anything we can grasp or grab or invent here in the physical realm. You cannot lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. I don't care what they say. That's just science just to tell you that's not going to work. What do we do? 
we have to get back. Somehow we have to get back to that. But we have a problem because there are Elohim who rebelled. The Elohim are the supernatural beings. They're called, uh, by definition, sometimes gods, and sometimes a small g, not the main, not most high god. And they are around us. They don't die as like human beings do. So those that existed at the beginning that caused a problem for Adam and Eve are still around. Those that caused a problem for Egypt or the early Mesopotamians or the Romans or whoever existed before us, they're still there. And they're still trying to drag us down. The Elohim rebel. They turn their back on God himself. And they want to create a, a place where people will worship them. So if you've come across other gods or the some sort of a, uh, well, the Greek gods. If you, if you just look at those ancient stories and mythology, then you get an idea. That, that's what we're talking about. Those, those gods exist out there. They're hiding in different places and different cultures. They pop up. They come by different names. Some will continue with, with one name throughout history, but not all of them. They rebel against God. They want to take us in a different direction. So with the rebellion, there's... There, Humans have rebelled. The other, there's heavenly beings or supernatural beings who have rebelled against God as well. So there's, a, there's this, this impact that happens to human beings. We're caught in this, and we have great need. We have great need for help. So there are angels from the realms of glory. Those are the messengers. Those are the ones that God has they're still worshiping the Most High God. They recognize who has the power. They recognize his so- the power that's available in Him. They understand the purpose. They understand the family, the greater family, including human beings. And they're supportive of that work and what God is trying to accomplish. So they get involved. And they're involved throughout history in helping people. They're still around today. But there's, there's the realms of glory the supernatural, the infinite, the eternal that's out there, the physical one realm that we are in. So we have realms that we're dealing with, not just this one, not just the giving of presents and all of the things that we wrap into Christmas, but we are dealing with a battle that goes on into the past, reaches far beyond the beginning. It is something that God said, I, I have decided I'm going to send help. I'm going to send my son. And he decided before the creation of this world that his son would come and that he would offer that help. So from the angels in glory, from the other realm, he's sending help. And he sent his son because God loved the world, the people of this world. And he sent his son to enter in. So God becomes a human being. And I know we hear that for part of the Christmas story, but there's part of a supernatural reality that exists that is broader than just this physical thing, and we get, we get Jesus coming in, and oh, that's just our religious feelings. There is a power at work. And God so loved us, truly loved us, that he gave his son so that we might enter into another kind of life, that he might provide that source once again so that we can understand what the light is, that we can understand life, that we can understand love. He wants to bring all of those things into us. So 
Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in a town. The prophets had said he would be born in that town. So Micah, hundreds of years before Jesus is born, says he will come, he will be born in Bethlehem. And that that king would come. And he's from ages ago, this king, this leader who would come for Israel. So he comes. The prophets are telling us that a Messiah will come who will give of himself. That he will give his life. That's more in uh, what Isaiah explains is the role of the Messiah. But the understanding at the time was he's just coming to deliver Israel. And then there are prophets who come across him. Uh, Simeon meets him in the temple as he's being dedicated eight days after he's born and says, this is the one. He has come for the nations, not just Israel. Israel was promised to bring the Messiah, the, the hope of the world, he, and, they, and Israel did. And then that Messiah, that deliverer would come and bring all of the world, all of the people, and bring all the nations back because God wants his family. And he wants to include everyone from every nation, as many as will come to him, return to him. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jesus is the light of the world. It's not available in other philosophers. It's not available in other religions. There are other uh, competing ideas that exist. But Jesus is the one who has come from God. He knows what's out there. He knows where we're going. He knows about us. And he is offering us a way to see, to see the reality of all that exists from long, long ago, before the beginning, to after this is all done. And this world wraps up. And we're gone from this world. He said, I got more for you. Because he's offering us an understanding, life, life in this time, life in the physical world that is abundant, but life that continues on for eternity, that continues to get better, more creative, more interesting, more exciting. Because what's out there is greater than what's here. He just took a piece of what's out there and said, yeah, let's make a universe. We go, but that universe is so big. Yep. And it is so small. Because what he's done, that creator, is bigger than anything we can imagine. And he is inviting us to be part of that. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We celebrate that this evening because he made a difference. He came, he delivers, he gave us the truth, and he invites us to come. To come and be part of the family, the family of God. And to live with him forever. And it is without chaos and without rebellion. And it is filled with beauty. And it is very good. Let's pray. Would you join me? Father, thank you. Thank you for some time to think about the things that you have done. The amazing things that you have done. Thank you for your creation. The, the incredible things that exist all around us. Thank you for people. You have peopled this planet. They have multiplied. Thank you for them, all of them. Thank you for them through the, through the ages. Thank you for those who are already with you in the heavens. Thank you for allowing us to, to gather tonight to remember you.
Thank you, our Lord, our God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming, for being born in Bethlehem, for being the light of the world. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. He's the light of the world. We celebrate that by lighting the Christ candle, the center candle here. And then that light goes out from person to person and offers his light to everyone. So we're going to do that with these candles. Let me light this and I'll come by. And uh, if you remember the lighting instructions, no one brought gas or anything, so we should be good. Get this thing going. All right. And we will let you sing Silent Night while we go along with this.
If you would, please stand. Raise your candle and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. If you would, stick around, and we have some uh, food you can share, some stories with one another, celebrate this Christmas Eve, and uh, don't burn anybody.